My name is Sarah, and I'm a loyal listener of the When Dating Hurts podcast. Every single episode, I learn something new, and I'm amazed time and time again by the strength of each survivor. The When Dating Hurts podcast has so much great advice. It really highlights several of the early warning signs so that you can get out before it's too late. Even if you're a domestic abuse survivor like myself, it's still a good idea to keep yourself educated about the red flags of an abusive person. I have gladly recommended the When Dating Hurts podcast to all of my girlfriends. The When Dating Hurts podcast is rated one of the most popular relationships podcasts in the world. Why is that? It's our guests. Whether you're listening to subject matter experts or domestic violence survivors, you know you're hearing what you need to know. And that is the truth about dating and domestic violence. Why it happens, how it happens, when it happens, where it happens, and how victims become survivors. This podcast is a powerful way for you, your friends, and your family to stay informed and stay safe. Thank you for your support. We are now back with part two with Mindy. She finds it nearly impossible to completely remove her boyfriend, her abuser, from creeping into her thoughts. But as you see how she's becoming stronger, she's learning how to put herself first. My dogs even have a reaction to his voice. You know, they, um, he was the type of person that when he walked in the room, the entire energy in that room would change. My dogs would instantly be aware and on guard in a way my little dog if he raised his voice at all or even if he wasn't angry but he raised his voice over something else my dog would go and hide and lay in the bathtub and my big dog would not leave my side they could feel it all the time and so hearing his voice again you could see their ears perk up and then they you know it was just like almost like they also had a reaction to him Oh, like the house alarm went off. Mm -hmm. There's an interview and it may bring a smile to your Mm -hmm. face. It's very similar to that. This woman was saying that her cat hated this guy so much that when he'd come over and his clothes would be laying somewhere, the cat would go over and pee all over. (laughs) My dog used to always mark his territory on his stuff too. And I (laughs) I couldn't figure out why I'm like, I don't know why he's doing it. He doesn't do it to anybody else. He brings his stuff over and he'd always pee on his things and i'm like there you go there you go (laughs) i think (laughs) you know the animals get it before we do sometimes definitely they could for sure sense it and all it took was him to walk in the room and it was weird how some people are like that you just feel that heaviness as soon as they enter and that's the way he was i just i felt it in my body everything changed when he would come around so yeah, just as much as somebody can walk in the room that everybody tends to like, or they're just a bright light, they yeah. make it all okay. You know, it's like, oh, thank God so-and-so's here. Yeah. You know, and, and then here's the opposite, you know, where he comes in and it's like everybody hit the dimmer switch of happiness, yeah. you know, just way down. I tell my dogs, I'm so sorry. 
I put you through that. I promise you'll never have to have that again because I feel so sad about what they also went through because they also experienced this with me. They've been there the entire time, you know, so I just feel like I'm so sorry that I made you guys feel that way. And and I just tell them all the time, I promise you'll never have to have him in your life again. <laughs> I'm sure they feel better about that. That's good. Yeah. I have been working really hard on myself. And after that, I found out that he was engaged. I spoke to my therapist. I told her, I honestly felt like when his name would enter my mind, it would be like Wade. And the next three words were, I hate him. Wade, I hate him. Over and over. That's all that I felt like I could think all day long. And I felt like if I didn't say that, and if I didn't hate him, then I would open a crack of forgiving him and letting him back in. So I felt like I had to hate him and I had to be angry with him so that I didn't allow anything else. So I never gave him that chance to enter my life again. And that was creating a lot of negative feelings for me. I spoke to my therapist and and she told me that, and this was a huge thing for her to say, and it's probably the most important thing that she said to me was that feeling those feelings towards him and allowing him to still have that, having that anger towards him is still allowing him to have power over my emotions and my feelings. I do not want this man having any control over my life in any way. Again, I don't want him to have any control over my feelings. That made perfect sense that yes, he still had control over my feelings because I was so angry with him. Seeing things like, oh, he's engaged. Mm, I'm angry with him. He's this. Oh, I'm angry with him. That's him still having control over me. And, and I instantly thought, I do not want this man to have any more control over me. So this is something that I have to learn how to move past. And I've learned that I can not feel like I hate him and I cannot have those words going through my head and I don't have to hate him. You know, I don't like him <laughs> and I'll never want him. I never want to see him again or hear his voice again. I never want anything to do with him. I don't necessarily hate him, but I also don't forgive him. And I don't know if I ever will forgive him. And honestly, I'm at that point right now to where I just don't care. I don't care if I forgive him because he's not important to me anymore. And I, I honestly just don't care how I feel about him anymore. He has no significance to me in that way to where he's going to control. I've decided he has no control over my emotions anymore. And I'm going to work very hard to make sure that he doesn't ever enter into my mind like that again. So now instead of when he enters in my mind, instead of thinking, I hate him, I think I want peace in my life. I want happiness. I want joy. I want love. I do not want drama. And I do not want anger. So I try to change it so that instead of feeling angry with him, I change it to me. Instead of feeling those feelings for him, I'm feeling for me that the things that I want and the love that I have for myself, I'm just trying to change it. And it is something that you have to consciously do sometimes. You have to consciously decide. I, and you have to like know when these thoughts enter into my mind, these are the thoughts I'm going to have instead. It's like 
just controlling your mind to think in a different way. Since I've done that, I am starting to feel so much happier and more free. I know that my happiness comes from inside of me and I don't have to have anybody else in my, anybody else that's giving me that happiness. I know this is my happiness, you know, and it feels good to know that I can be happy on the inside just because of me. Where I know that for him, I don't feel like his happiness ever actually reaches his soul. It's all on the surface and it's all conditional. It's all, if this person's in my life, if this person's nice to me, if this person does these things for me, if they, and if they don't, then it's instantly anger. He's a love hate type of person. He loves you. He hates you. But I know that I can still have that peace and that happiness inside of me. And it's based on me and not somebody else giving it to me. And that feels good to know that. Every time I thought of the next thing I think we should talk about, you got there. I didn't have to say a word. Part of it was, what do you do about these triggers? And you answered that completely. And then I was wondering, well, I wonder how you, well you're doing with that. And you're doing very well with that. So at every point, you come back with something. And I think the plan that you've got that you're executing is very doable. I think it's very realistic that you see him for what he is. I mean, the guy's a walking, talking narcissist, if nothing else Mm -hmm. in this whole thing. It's the one word that hasn't come up yet. And knowing that, you have to understand where you are in his story, where you have always been and where you will be in the future. But you're just somebody to use like a rag to dry his hands on and then throw down on the floor and step over. And that's it. You don't represent anything really except a, a moment's worth of thumb sucking for him you know, just to go on to the next thing. And then here you are, which is the crying shame of it. Yeah. This person with incredible depth, who is a very loving, wonderful person who knows how to forgive things that are pretty much unforgivable. But then again, that's who narcissists go after. They want somebody who's going to take all the garbage that they can throw at them and somehow figure out how to put a smile on it and try to make him feel better for what he just did to you. Yeah. The other thing just to mention to you quickly is that there was a book I read about 10 years ago. The point of it is that this was a person who was a very tortured soul by his own life. I mean, just circumstances, parents divorcing meant a whole lot to him when he was a little kid. And by this time, when he came to this conclusion, he was probably about 28 years old. He realized that he was so miserable in his life that the only thing he could think about was probably needing to just commit suicide and just get out of this whole thing. And so one night, lying in bed, having an anxiety attack, and he really was a poor, tortured soul, a good person, but a tortured person by his own life. He started to realize that his past really bothered him, and his future terrified him. But this moment right now, in some ways, is really not all that bad, meaning I'm pretty healthy. In his case, I'm only 28. I seem like I'm fairly smart. And he started to realize that a snapshot of right now is not bad. Well, he felt better just knowing that. And then he made that his thing. And the guy's written books about it and done videos about it by helping other people. But his point is living in the now. And we all need to get better at living in the now and not living in the past. Living in the now and doing things now that will make the future as good as it can be. Because you do have to think about the future some, but not necessarily with anxiety. Most of the anxiety people feel about the future is fear of the unknown. But there are things you could do today to make the future 
better known because you've taken steps or made plans or bought the insurance, so to speak, yeah. or stocked up on things, whatever that means. You know, you've, you've done those things to make tomorrow seemingly going to work out pretty well. But you are, you're there, you know, you're in that living in the now thing and mm-hmm. you figured out what tools you needed. Talk with your therapist about it. You've signed up for this thing. You got it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel so good for you. I really do. Thank you. It's definitely a thing where I actively have to be doing it because if I didn't, then if I didn't speak to my therapist, I could have been just stuck in this point of being angry. And maybe, and she said that one thing that really kind of pulled me, made me think, okay, you're right. So you can't just sit there expecting all of these things to just go away. You have to be working on it because. You just don't want to get stuck in a place that you're at. And then you're just giving them even more of your time and more of your years and they don't deserve it. I want to go on and I want to be happy and I want to do these things that I love. With my job, I love to be able to share it with so many people and spread that joy and that happiness around all over the place. And I'm able to do that with my job. And having somebody like him around stopped me from being able to do that. I'm really excited for what is coming up. And so I have a plan. Another thing that I learned from not this therapist, but another one was that she told me to make a list of things that I want to do that I've never done before. It doesn't have to be like a huge thing, you know, like go skydiving or go, you know what I mean? Things like that little things. So for me on my list, one year I wanted to run, the first thing I did was I wanted to run a 5k. It just gives you something to focus on. So these are small things that are attainable. It gave me something to focus on. And so my goal was to run it and to not stop running, to run the entire thing and to make it in less than like 35 minutes. And I did like 30 minutes and 30 seconds. And I did so much better than what I'd expected (laughs) because I'd never run one before. And it just felt so good to be like, okay, cool. I did that. I'm done with it. I don't need to do it again. Hang up your shoes, really? No, I still like to exercise and stay healthy, you know, but now it's like, I've got these other things on my list that I want to do. And so right now I have some time. So my goal is I've got a workout challenge that I'm going to be doing with my daughter. It's a 75 day challenge. So I'm really excited because that's giving me something also to focus on. I've always wanted to take a class learning how to do stained glass. Uh, that's great. So that's another thing on my list that I'm doing. You'd be very good at that. Thank you. Because so many people would struggle on the design, let alone how to cut it and I guess bend the metal or how do you get that stuff to stay together without falling on the floor when you hang it up. But yeah, yeah, you would be amazing at that. Thank you. So now with him not in here affecting me, bringing me down, you know, making my days feel sad or anxiety, because it's really hard to accomplish things when you have those feelings going on. Now I just feel like I can finally, these are things I can do. I'm living for myself now rather than living to take care of somebody else or to make somebody else happy. He's no longer my problem. I can only make myself happy. So that's what I'm doing now. And it feels really great. Last night when I spoke to my therapist, she asked me about how Christmas went. While I was home at Christmas, it entered my mind that I thought, 
feel happy. Like I've been laughing a lot more and it feels like a real genuine laugh. Oh, boy. Where it was nine Christmases that he was in my life. The first Christmas was good because we had only known each other for a month. The last Christmas, or like two years before this one, we were together and it was a good Christmas. But there were things that he would do that I was like, wow, that just doesn't seem genuine. If he felt fake, like when he'd laugh, you know, so I, I had that thought in my mind. Plus, he had left partway through the day to go see a friend. And I knew this friend was somebody that he used to do drugs with. So there was still anxiety. And every other Christmas in between, we never spent together because he was constantly creating drama or making reasons to fight or that I had to have my phone on me at all times because he would message me. And if I didn't message, then he'd be blowing up my phone. And I'm sitting there with my family and he's blowing up my phone. Every other Christmas was filled with anxiety or some negative feelings. So even though I was laughing and having fun, I always had that underlying anxiety within me. So like I'm trying not to be anxious. I'm trying to have fun. You know that you're you're fighting that being anxious but having a good time with your family. And then the Christmas before this one, last Christmas, we weren't together, but he was still always messaging me. And he messaged me on Christmas Eve, the day that he knows I spend with my family, and told me that his girlfriend at that time was pregnant. (laughs) So I'm like, so he was still, still having an effect on me. Is that the one he's with now? No, this is a totally different girl. Okay, I wondered who the father was of the current one, not him. I get it. Yeah, so in three Christmases, one Christmas we were together, the next Christmas he's got another girl pregnant, which she... Ended up having an abortion, which I don't know how I feel about abortion, but in this case, it was probably the best option because she, otherwise she would have him in in her life. And that's another, but anyway, and then now the next one he's engaged (laughs) to a different girl. But anyway, so she asked me about Christmas and I thought, you know what? This is the first Christmas in nine years that I didn't have anxiety of any kind. I felt happy and it was genuine happiness not an undercurrent of some other negative emotion going on created by this other person. You don't want to have happiness with a fuse burning at the same time when when that thing's going to go off. And that's what it is. That's what it was for all that time he was in my life. The ticking time bomb, whatever the analogy is, of something on the verge of happening at any moment. Yeah, yeah. You never could be 100% happy because you know that it's coming. It's just a matter of when. Right, yeah, that's what it was. So now I'm just continuing on with my plan for self-love. You know, I'm, I went and got a facial. I'm doing things that's kind to myself so that I can find that love and confidence in myself so that whenever I am finally ready to give a part of me, like right now, I don't want anybody else to take time from me. I, I just don't want to give another person that time because I want it for myself and And eventually, you know, I'll get to the point to where I'm ready to find somebody else. And when I do, I think I'll be ready and I'll be aware of the signs to look for. I'll feel the confidence in myself. I won't be in a place to where I'm vulnerable. I think I'll be in a place to where I'm independent and I'm, well, I I am pretty independent, but that I'm strong enough that I can say, you know what, my life is great right now. The person that I find will either just 
add to the greatness that I already have, but I won't have to make sacrifices for what I have. And if I feel like I have to make sacrifices, then I feel like I'll be able to say, that's okay. I don't need you in my life because I'm happy without that. So that's my goal is that I'm just kind of working for having that confidence and that just really finding the love for myself and just being happy on my own. So I've been going doing things like go out to eat by myself, which is something I never did. Just little things for me. And it feels really good. So it's been a great, I mean, this is this last month, I've probably made the most progress in my healing. That's great. Yeah. It's not an easy time of year to do that. So you, you picked a tough period of time. This is always a very emotional time for everybody. That last stretch of about five weeks in the year, starting around Thanksgiving, I think you know, just conjures up Thanksgivings and Christmases or things in the past and how it used to be with different people when things were good or growing up or, you know, whatever you tap into. Mm -hmm. And so for you to find yourself and get back to concentrating on you, Mindy, you know, and not anybody else really that much, you don't have to. I mean, those, those people who really love you and really need you that will understand your daughter is a good example, I think. Yeah. Honestly, my birthday's in November, there's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, there's New Year's. The holidays were always the most difficult with him. He was, he made them so unenjoyable. Not having him during this time, I think that has made it much more enjoyable for me and not as hard. The memories with him during the holidays weren't good. So those are not memories that I miss. It's just to know that those are not things that are going to be happening now. It makes me look forward to the holidays or what's coming up, you know, rather than dreading it, thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen this holiday? What's he going to create a fight over now, you know, and make it unenjoyable? He's not doing that now, which is nice. He's doing, unfortunately, he's going to be doing it to somebody else. We all regret that, you know, and that's one of the problems I felt in the very beginning of talking about dating and domestic violence is that we talk about the warning signs and how to kind of get out of the way of the avalanche, which is going to come. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, someone else always seems to step in the spot that the other person vacated because they're going to be fooled and manipulated all over again. And they may not know the warning signs and then they really get hit by it. That's a sad thing, but that's a real thing that there's not that much we can do about it. You and I spoke on the phone the other day, and I told you that I know of instances of people who actually did make that phone call that you'd like to make to warn that other person, say, look, I don't know how it's going right now. Maybe it's all wonderfulness, but I'll tell you, the day will come when you're going to wish you had nothing to do with this person. Chances are the person on the other end of the line will hang up on you or say, well, maybe it was because of you. They're not going to buy it. They might. I bet you one in 20 people might buy it and maybe do something different. But a lot of people are just going to defend and enable it to continue. Mm-hmm. And they unfortunately have to find out on their own what you found out on your own. If she ever messages me and is like, what's up with this guy? You know, I mean, sure, I'll be open with her and tell her. I would also warn her to delete her messages after she speaks to me because if she has feelings about something and she reaches out, then she already has noticed those red flags. 
So then I would feel comfortable telling her and speaking to her, but I definitely will not be somebody to reach out just because all that's going to do is bring that negativity and that drama back into my life. And I'm working so hard to get it out of my life. I just don't want it anymore. I just, I want to get to a point in my life to where he is no longer a topic of conversation for anything and to where he still probably enters my mind at least once every single day, not in a positive way. He just enters my mind. Like I'll see something, you know, another thing that I did that was kind of healing was he had given me a couple of shirts and some earrings and a bracelet. And I really liked them because they were, they were actually really my style. And I'd had them hanging in my closet, my earrings in my little bowl and my little earring bowl for a long time. But every single time that I, and I wouldn't wear them though, but every single time I'd look at them, I would think of him. I could have given them away. I live right next to Goodwill. I could have taken them over there and dropped them off for somebody else. But I'm like, you know what? He's destroyed so much of my stuff. Every gift I ever gave him, he would destroy. Mm. So I took a scissors and I cut the shirts all up into pieces. I took the bracelet and I bent it up and I broke the earrings and I threw them in the trash. And then I took the wax from my Scentsy Pots and dumped them all over them. And it sounds like a crazy thing to do, but it felt really good because I'm not a violent type of person or somebody that likes to break things. But I was just like, I needed to do this as getting him like, this is just another step of getting him away from me. It felt really good to be able to just kind of like do that, you know, to ruin these things that he gave me because... All they were doing was bringing memories of him. Mm -hmm. So it felt good. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of a metaphor for false promises. You know, he'd give you these things to make you feel a certain way, and then he'd go right back to being the bad guy that he was. You're kind of torn because you kind of like what he gave you, but you don't like who it came from. So you just kind of like symbolically, you made them unusable. You know, they're gone. I don't miss them. So that's good. <laughs> I don't miss having them. Good. Another thing was I would listen to a lot of songs songs that were about somebody that was done wrong. So like angry kind of music about towards another person. I would listen to those songs a lot. I felt like, oh, this is making me feel better, you know, because I'm angry at this person. I'm going to listen to this song and sing it. And then I was like, you know what? This is still just bringing up those same feelings and emotions. And I need to just delete this music off of my phone so that I don't listen to these songs and think of him and fuel that anger or those feelings that I have towards him. And so that's another thing that I've had to do to just kind of like start to, to get rid of that negativity instead. I mean, we have to go through that process sometimes of being angry. You just have to feel those feelings. But then there comes a time when you need to not feel those anymore. And you need to start focusing on becoming more positive and, and happy. I think you're in a good place and you're going to a better place. I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't want that for you, right? Right. So I know that everybody like the new year, you know, new me, new year, whatever. Uh, but I do feel like 2014 was when I had met him in November. So starting then, and now it's 2024. And I'm like, this will be the first year since then that I feel like 
I'll be able to really start to grow and focus on myself. So a lot of goals and a lot of high hopes for what's to come in this year. You know, I just, I'm excited about it. Can't wait. I feel that way about New Year's too. I think it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a a blank sheet of paper. You can do anything you want with it. You can figure out your resolutions if you want to do that. I always do that. Mm -hmm. Do my best to stick with them. And my resolution I've kind of talked about already, which is to live in the now, yeah. prepare for the future and try to slam the door and lock it on the past. At least the parts that were uncomfortable, just to let them go. Just let them go. Yeah. They're not going to make you feel good. They never have and they never will. So message to anybody that's in a relationship right now. That's considering if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you've seen the signs and you're thinking about it. A message to them is there's no better time than right now to just do it because it's never going to change. They will know it doesn't matter what they say. They won't change. And thinking that they will is only fooling yourself. If you're listening to this, obviously you're thinking about it. So it's just the sooner you do it, the sooner you're able to start healing from it. You know, it's hard, but I, my name is Mindy. I paint murals. You can find me easily on Instagram, Facebook. I would be more than happy to be somebody that these people talk to, you know, that's just to say, I mean, I know that my case is not as severe as some of these people, but it was still enough that it's left me with a lot of, I've learned a lot from it. That's for sure. Just having somebody to talk to that understands what you're going through is sometimes means a lot. So yeah, I would definitely be more than welcome to have somebody needs to reach out to somebody. I would be happy to talk to them. Honestly, that's one of the things I never really saw in the beginning with Mm -hmm. this podcast, how much survivors mean to other survivors or how much survivors mean to victims. I mean, it kind of is common sense, but with a lot of emails that I've gotten really underscore that people who kind of made it out, Mm -hmm. but they just feel good listening to other stories of people who made it out. And then collectively, that kind of kinship, people who are being victimized can learn from survivors, the feelings that they have are normal, and that they need to sometimes open themselves up to interpreting what they're going through might actually be abuse. It's not just a clumsy relationship. It can be, but it's not always that. And when someone who is being victimized is going through that and they hear your story and other ones, mm-hmm. they can look at that and say, you know, I want to be at a happy place like she is. I want to be her. I don't want to be me right now. I'm going through it now, but I know I can do it. She did it. Yeah. For me, I really want to be able to tell people and explain it to people, but it's really hard to explain sometimes why you stayed with this person for so long when you knew that they were doing all these horrible things to you. Sometimes it's hard for other people to understand it. So being able to hear other people talk about it or to talk to somebody else that's been through that same thing, you feel like you have that understanding that you're trying to get from explaining it. You know, he's like, you don't have to explain it all because they're like, I get it. I understand. I've been in the same position. I've tried to leave this person five different times. They hurt me and I still came back to them. And it's like, they understand it. So it's nice to be able to have somebody that understands the same thing that you've gone through. It just feels good. It's it's reaffirming that you're not a bad person or you're not stupid and you're not somebody that deserves this. 
almost all of the people that you've had on here, they seem like very kind people with open hearts and they just want to, they see the potential in this person and they see a good version of this person because that's who they are. When they look at somebody, they see good in somebody. It doesn't mean that anybody's stupid. Like most people are very smart and understanding, you know, they just have a big heart. That's what gets us in these positions. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just we need to learn how to, we need to learn how to manage that about us. That's really what's true because it is from the outside, it's confounding. Why would you, after all the things that have happened to you, why would you sign up to stay even longer with that person? How many times do you have to be convinced? These people have deep hearts. That's just about it. You know, they just, they're givers. And unfortunately, you know, they, they're trying to make things better. Maybe they saw things in the beginning. Let's hope that were actually real. Sometimes they weren't, but they sometimes cling to how wonderful things were in the beginning and say, this person has a good side. We just have to get back to that. There's some things that are getting in the way. and mm -hmm. It's complicated, but I find it very understandable. And the idea of you speaking with other survivors or victims, there's not a lot of convincing there that you have to do about, yeah. well, why did you stay in it? Because you're talking with people who also stayed in it. Yeah. Because people on the outside have never had that touch them. They look at it like, you must be out of your mind. Yeah. Look at you. Look what this yeah. person's done to you. Look at your house. And it's like, well, you know what? It doesn't happen in a day. You don't go from great relationship to horrible relationship in one afternoon. It takes time. These people slowly creep over you. And I think we're constantly striving to get back what it was in the beginning. I do think that, like with my, my ex with Wade, I do think that he felt that love. I do believe that he loves somebody when he loves them. I also think that love is so shallow, so conditional that he is feeling that love, but it's only based on certain actions that are happening. Like in the beginning of a relationship, it's always great. You always put your best side forward. There's usually not those complications. And then when you start living with each other, you start to see things. It's natural to find things that you are going to disagree on or that you do different than the other person. But it's those little disagreements or those differences that then that love for him is so shallow. So those little differences pop up and then it can switch so quickly to hate. He's just like a love-hate person. He loves you or he hates you. He idealizes you or he devalues you. So he probably feels the love, but he also feels the hate. There's no doubt in my mind that when he told me he hated me and he wanted to hurt me, that he truly wanted to. It's like, if I can't have you the way I want you, I want to destroy you. Yeah. So we're constantly striving to get back to that, that love that they feel. And I think that's what I was doing. I always was thinking about the beginning. It was so great in the beginning. Can we just get back to that? Just never gets back to that. I mean temporarily it might after some horrible event yeah, you might get a glimpse of it but it's it's uh, fleeting right yeah yeah <laughs> it's interesting to me is i still am confounded how well spoken the people are who come on and talk about this it just but whatever it is it's real and you just did it again it all made sense it all flowed it's all right there it's all understandable thank you so I want to thank Bindi for her courage to give us this focused snapshot of her life at this time. We hear survivor stories and we hear what they endured for months or for years. 
Then we hear also, of course, since they're survivors, how they broke away. And then it's easy to think, wow, all that bad stuff's gone now. And it seems like it's all sunshine and happiness and flowers. And But that's the, really not the way it is. It's unrealistic and it's and it's not easy. And we know that it takes time to get swallowed up into these relationships. And unfortunately, we know that it also takes time to deal with the thousand echoes that come afterwards. And you gave us a pretty good glimpse into what that is like, whether it's some old voicemail or something else you tripped upon or memories or aha moments, you know, where you realize where the drill press probably really went. You know, these things keep coming back, these echoes. But I think we also have to understand that those rough spots after we break up, still it's progress and that it's necessary. If somebody were to tell you it would take you 5,000 hours to really reach a point where you feel better, this is part of those 5,000, unfortunately, that you have to go through. I think that everything has a set amount of time. We just don't always know how much time that is, whether it's to build something or for you to do one of your paintings. I mean, you do murals, so you're not you're not there with your 8 by 10 little canvas in your studio you know, on a nice day with the sun coming in. Mm-hmm. What you do is physically demanding plus artistically excellent. But anyway, it's all necessary, and it's the only way to get through it. Mindy, I want to thank you for your honesty and for wanting to report on your progress. And it is progress, and it's great progress. Just want to emphasize something you know, which is that you're not alone. I am absolutely sure that anyone listening to this right now is pulling for you. And one thing I thought about in the last few minutes was it would be interesting to speak with you again in six months and see how that snapshot works. Let us check in with you, please. Yeah, I would definitely love to. And that even gives me more motivation to stay on track. You know, it's like a goal. I don't want to come back to you and say, oh, this is where I'm at now. And it's awful. So you don't want to let everybody down now that you've got the whole world pulling for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate I almost backed out. I told you I messaged you. And then I'm like, I don't know. I'm having second thoughts. And because I'm like, I don't know if this is anything that's really important. And then um, it is definitely that. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, if just one person listens to it, and they're like, that's it. I'm done with this guy. I'm getting out of my relationship. Or if they got out of it and they're in that spot where I was, where they're just like stuck, then that if it gives them that, maybe I said something that makes them feel like, you know what, I've got to also not give this guy that power anymore, you know, or woman, whatever. If it helps just one person get out of it, then I feel like it was definitely worth it. But of course, every time you talk about these things, it's always really healing to talk about it as well. So it's I think it is therapy. One of the things I've always felt about talking about things is that you can have a lot of emotions, but sometimes they're, they're not formed as words. They're just formed as feelings, you know, that mm-hmm. you just feel bad or you feel scared or you feel apprehensive or whatever you're going through. It's another thing to sit and talk with somebody because all those emotions now have to fit into some logical sentences and paragraphs. And I think talking really is a great, great way to get it out. You know, you can, you can hear yourself as it's coming out, how you're making sense. I mean, you could actually talk yourself into a position maybe that you hadn't gotten to yet. Yeah. So is BetterHelp one of your sponsors? Yes. I will just say that that's where I go through for my therapy. Oh. Better help really is a great way to do therapy because you can choose whether you just do it on the phone, whether you have a video session. For me, a lot of times I was like, 
oh, this one thing happened and I'm really having a hard time dealing with it, but I don't have therapy for five days. And then, you know, it finally comes around and you're like, well, it's okay. I've, I've dealt with it. I'm fine now. You know, I'm over it at this point. And so you don't really address it. But with better help, you can text that person and you can text your therapist and message them. So when that thing happened where I found out that he was engaged, I was able to send her a message that had all of my emotions in it because I felt like I'm going to message her now so that she can see how I'm feeling. And then that way, when my therapy comes up, then we can address it because she knows this is what I'm feeling right now. But she responds within 24 hours all the time. It's nice having that in between so that when something comes up, then you have a way to be able to reach out to your therapist and express it. And so I'm advertising better help for you, but it really is. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Let's move on to the next product. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but it really is a great way to do therapy. Yeah. (laughs) How about that? I love that. So when you're doing your therapy, besides you know, writing something and having something come back. Are you doing it like online face-to-face with a person or is it? I just do a phone call. But is it the same therapist? Oh yeah. 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 And that's same, same actual person. Good. That's good. And I've done it before to where it's like, I didn't feel like I was getting what I needed from that person. So you can easily switch to a different therapist. Yes, I know. And you don't have to have that awkward conversation. That's the way it was designed. I think that's a great feature because you're right. You don't have that awkward trying to let them down gently as you're going to somebody else. So if one's not working, then trying another one. Trying them until you get the one that really, really connects with you or that you feel comfortable with. At that time, I just really needed somebody to listen to me. I didn't need somebody to tell me, you need to leave him. I just needed somebody to hear me. And so she did. Now I have somebody that works well for the stage that I'm in at this moment. Oh, I'm so glad that worked out. I'm not like I'm constantly in therapy. I'll go to therapy and then I feel like, you know what? I feel good about this now. I'm on a good track with this issue. So then I sort of quit going. Later on, if something comes up and I start to feel, you start to feel it like on your mind all the time. Right. Then I'll do it again until I feel like it's good. The thing about a therapist is I can talk to them. I can complain about every single thing that I want. It doesn't matter. I am paying them to listen to me. And so it just feels good to be able to sit there and talk to them about all these things that you really don't want to talk to anybody else about. And so that's what I do it as sort of like a release. I'm like, I got to get all of these things out of my mind. I'm paying you. So you're going to listen to me for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And it's nice. It just feels it's always it always feels I feel lighter afterward. Good. So even if you don't have something going on, even just little things, with BetterHelp, you do have to pay for a whole month. You can do four sessions, kind of feel it, and it just feels good to have that. I'm glad that worked out for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Mindy, who used to be Becca. Yeah. <laughs> Mindy, thank you so much for reaching out and wanting to come back and talk with me again and our audience. And as you know, most of the stories kind of are up until the time someone broke up, then they come and they speak with us, and then we don't hear from them. And yours was a work in progress when you first came on, and you're still a work in progress, except the work's going really well and the progress is real and it's everything's getting better and better. So mm-hmm. definitely have you back whenever you want to come back. It doesn't have to be six months. It could be any time. Thank you for pulling together all your thoughts and talking with us. And 
And I'm sure everybody, I know I got a lot out of this and I'm sure everybody will. Thank you. Thank you for listening (laughs) and giving me the space to do it. Anytime you're ready, we're here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you too. Appreciate it. This concludes Mindy's progress report on the When Dating Hurts podcast. It's an honor to have Mindy bringing her ascendance in detail. Thanks to Mindy and all who come to us and shine a light on dating and domestic violence. Thank you for listening to the When Dating Hurts podcast. We have been steadily moving up in podcast review rankings based on downloads in the relationships category. That means more and more listeners are getting the kind of advice that can improve lives for victims, survivors, and their families. If you feel we need to hear your story, do not hesitate to email me at Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com. That's Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com.